Muckspout and Bonfire Press present Chronicles of the Essence Guard, Children of the Essence, by Eric J. Cockrell and Chuck Pino. Read by Michael Goodrick. Chapter 12, A Killer Revelation. Standing in the office of the man in charge of this particular group of Demos Zealots, Andrew regarded his niece and sister with urgency. Andres is pretty formidable. I'm sure he's handling things all right. We need to get out of here before... Andrew began, his focus entirely upon his family. No, we are not leaving Andres behind. Aelin was formidable, and look what happened to him. Andres could already be dead in a room around here for all we know, Celeste countered. The pair stood there in what appeared to be Master Kevin's office, with Flo across the room. Flo stepped forward to comfort her daughter, wrapping her arms around her and running her fingers through her hair. He could also be in a work group and completely unaware that anything happened at all. He would have come when he heard the gunshots. Something isn't right, Celeste clung to her mother. What doesn't make any sense to me is who would kill Aelin and why was he here, Andrew contemplated. Celeste broke from her mother's embrace and began to explain. He said he came here because he knew you two were here, and he was also looking for a man named Babak that was hunting his son, and that we needed to get to Maritanian before him. In Africa? The two women stared at Andrew, waiting for more. I do know a little about what's there, at least pertaining to the essence. Maybe we should regroup away from here and discuss this a little further. The study door opened and a robed figure stood in its stead. Maybe we should discuss it right here, Demos spoke in an even tone. Andrew quickly moved in front of his family and gripped the walking stick. Stay where you are. We're done dealing with you and your weird cult. I prefer support group to cult, but never mind all that. What else did Mr. Suarez have to say? Demos said with an air of concern. Andrew turned the walking stick and pointed the bottom end at Demos. We're not telling you anything. He shoved the stick forward, but the older man sidestepped the attack with the ease of one who knew it was coming. Andrew turned swiftly, wrapping an arm around his sister and niece. Celeste grabbed the staff, and the winds gathered about them. As the light gales faded, new surroundings enveloped the team. They were in another room in the temple. Again, we use the staff to room hop in the same place? Flo snapped at Andrew. That wasn't me. The two looked at Celeste. I'm not leaving here without Andres, and I don't understand why you guys don't seem to be concerned about him at all. Celeste, it's not that we aren't concerned. It's just that there are much bigger implications if we don't move on the information we have as soon as we get it. The Guard has a purpose, and for the first time in a while, it appears a leader of the Guard has a real job to do. Andrew explained. What is Maritanian? Flo asked. The Eye of the Sahara, a voice boomed across the room as their conversation was interrupted by another door opening. Demos, right? Andrew approached the robed, jade-monocled man. You know who I am. You've seen me speak, and you've caused me enough interruption. Suddenly, Demos froze. His monocled eye began to twitch. He took a step back, and his eyes were visibly straining. It can't be. Celeste looked to her uncle. What's going on here? The aura of the ancients had her yell on. 
You two are children of Adaryelon, my brothers and sisters. Demos's demeanor loosened a bit. Now, Flo shared her daughter's confused expression. What is he talking about? He knows, Demos nodded in the direction of Andrew. Andrew stood there with a look of shock rather than confusion. How do you know Adaryelon? What is Adaryelon? Flo demanded, having quickly tired of secrets that were swirling about her. Would you like to tell them, or shall I? Demos asked. We don't share the same mission. Your group has worked to keep it a secret, while I've been speaking on our heritage for a long time now. Demos prodded Andrew. Flo, how much do you remember of our childhood? Andrew asked his sister. I imagine about as much as anybody else. Playing tag around Essence House, homeschooling with Miss Gianni, odd family reunions and holiday parties in the parlor. Think back a little further, Andrew urged his sister. There's nothing, she said. Demos reached into his pocket, causing Andrew to jump and turn with his walking stick. Easy, I have something I'd like to try. Demos pleaded. Andrew was skeptical, but lowered the stick and eased a bit. Demos withdrew an amber stone from his pocket. He held it in front of him, enclosed in his fist, and he closed his eyes and slowly stepped closer to Flo. Flo instinctually closed her eyes and cleared her mind. A tear ran down her cheek. So much pain. We were lost, and our people, our people were drowning. Rocks were crashing down everywhere. The elder woman sobbed, holding herself tightly like a child who missed their parents might do. Celeste ran to her mother and hugged her. Aelin, he brought us to father. How could I not recall that? Is it some kind of essence magic? Flo asked no one in particular. Demos offered her a tissue that he'd withdrawn from a shelf nearby. In a manner, yes. These stones tend to undo that which the essence has accomplished. Where were you? And the question remains, what is Adaryelon? Celeste repeated. Andrew sat down on a chair along the wall. Adaryelon was a place. It's been lost to us now. It's people largely unstuck from time. Celeste interrupted. That's the phrase Aelin used to describe the Babak guy. Andrew was not surprised. That makes sense. This is ancient stuff, more than 10,000 years ago. There was a civilization far more advanced than you'd expect. The land they lived in was called Adaryelon. They were a great naval force in the region, unrivaled. Their power stemmed from the great large stone in the center of the inner circle, the essence. At some point, the land was hit by a series of natural disasters that destroyed the land and distributed the essence around the region. During this cataclysmic event, there were thousands lost. You're describing Atlantis, you know, said Celeste with a great deal of skepticism on her face. Plato was a brilliant man, but he was telling the story nearly 8,000 years later, Demos explained. Wait, are you being for real? You two are telling me that I'm from a family of mermaids? This is too much. Mom? Celeste looked to her silent mother. Not mermaids, Celeste. That's Hollywood. This is real life. You come from a family of time-traveling adventurers. That's enough, Flo responded. So what would this babak be after? How would he have gotten here? Celeste asked. I guess we'll find more in Mauritania, Demos offered. Andrew stood up, firmly gripping his walking stick. We? 
As I said before, we have different missions, but a common purpose right now. Demos withdrew his walking stick and held it much the same as Andrew. Spare me the enemy of my enemy bullshit. We are not partners, and we're not traveling with you. A noise behind the door startled the group, and they all turned to face it. Andrew raised a finger to his lips and looked at Flo. The two turned and shot a fierce look at Demos. I am not your enemy. I'll back your play, Demos whispered. Suddenly, the door crashed open. A dozen men rushed into the room with weapons drawn. They surrounded Andrew, Flo, and Celeste, separating them and looking to Demos for orders. Does anybody ever knock in this place? asked Andrew. Demos stepped out in front of his men. Nobody has to get hurt here. We're having a conversation. Sure, the position of power has shifted, but whether you knew it or not, that power always rested with me. Demos, you son of a bitch! Andrew grew angry. Nothing has changed here, Mr. Edmund. I swear on the blood of Adoryelon that we are not enemies. Men, take his staff and remove the ladies. Andrew and I have travel plans to discuss. At that moment, Celeste shouted, No! and withdrew the blade that Aelin had gifted her before he vanished. The robed man nearest her began to rush her, freezing in place immediately thereafter. Nobody was moving, but Celeste was free. She felt like she was floating. It felt like she could leap to the moon if she wanted. Her mother was to her left, with a man holding the woman's arm, and another with a gun to her head, and her uncle in a similar position to her right. What should I do, she thought. She could feel her stomach grow nauseous, and her legs began to feel weak. After a moment, her hand gave way, and the blade fell to the ground with a clank. The man that was rushing her grabbed her and held her still. Demos stepped towards Celeste and leaned down to retrieve the dagger. Beautiful craftsmanship. He eyed the green blade, fully aware of what he was looking at. Close inspection of the blade's hilt showed an engraving of Rhea, daughter of the earth goddess Gaia, holding a large green stone in a blanket. An advanced civilization, in many ways beyond our own, but still very ignorant in their beliefs. Rhea wrapped the essence in a blanket to trick her husband Kronos into eating it. The story persists in Greek mythology, but few know of its connection to Adoryelon and the essence. I've heard that story of the essence, Celeste explained. Kronos was afraid to lose the throne to his son, so he ate his sons as they were birthed. Finally, his wife Rhea tricked him into eating the green stone rather than his son Zeus. Eventually, Zeus grew and killed his father to take the throne, and the essence descended to Earth, bringing with it Kronos' power of passing time. Demos looked surprised. Where would an American teenager hear a story like that placed in that particular context? My friend Andres, Celeste replied, who is probably injured and bleeding out somewhere around here right now. He's here? Demos looked at her for an answer. Then Demos looked to his men. You, go see if you can find this Andres. Two men left the room, and Demos continued. I'm going to send the rest of my men away so that we can continue. Will that suit you, Mr. Edmund? He held up the knife and looked at Celeste. But I'm going to hold on to this until we're done, if you don't mind. Celeste rolled her eyes. Andrew pulled away from the men that were holding his arms. Yeah, let's get back to it. You men may go wait outside. Our guests are not going to harm me. I have this under control. With that order, Demos's men backed out of the room, leaving the four of them to return to business. Demos looked at Andrew. Andrew, right? You know who I am, Andrew said with a bit of a smirk. Indeed. The Eye of the Sahara is your next excursion? 
What do you intend to find there? Andrew was growing tired of exchanging information with Demos. He spoke as if he weren't their captor, but they were not free. All of the subject matter they've been discussing thus far had been Essence Guard privileged information. Not even his sister should be a part of any of it. That's the only clue we have as to what is going on right now, so we'll know when we get there. Andrew gave a generic answer as he darted his eyes around the room, looking for an escape plan. Demos was not buying it. Not even twenty minutes ago, you said you knew a lot about the region where the essence is concerned. So perhaps we can try again. Try again or what? Andrew stepped toward Demos. Flo stepped toward the men and placed her hands on each of their chests. Hey guys, can we not have a walking stick measuring contest right now? Demos, we'd like to leave. If you are not holding us, and we are not enemies, perhaps you can join us in a less hostile environment. That's actually very fair. My apologies for how this has progressed. Demos turned to Andrew. You've been forthcoming with a lot of information. That had to be terribly uncomfortable, and it is appreciated. Leaving here would go a long way toward you building any trust with me. What do you say? Andrew extended a hand for a handshake. Suddenly, the four of them were startled by a loud crash outside of the room. What is that? Flo asked. Demos began toward the door. My men should be on it he said as he opened the door. Your men aren't going to be much help, a man stumbled through the door. It was Andres. Celeste ran to help him. Andres pushed Celeste away and continued forward, pushing Demos against the wall. He brought a blade up and placed it against Demos's throat, holding it firmly by its mahogany blade. We want the same thing, and you have the tools I need to get it, Andres shouted, pushing the blade slowly into Demos's throat. Interesting, Demos choked. Another child of the essence has come into play. I suspected as much when Celeste told us of your infantile fairy tale about Kronos and Rhea. I don't need your help, and I can take your tools. I'm going to find him with or without your help. Andres was turning red with anger. He's gone, Andres. Celeste stepped forward, placing her hand on his shoulder. Your grandfather was killed after we got separated. I'm so sorry. Demos began. Are we talking about Aelin Suarez? He's not. Andres slammed the cult leader's head against the wall, knocking him unconscious. Demos slid down the wall, and Andres stammered backward, falling into a chair. Andrew rushed to Demos. Okay, I wasn't a fan of his, but this is going to be really hard to explain on the way out. Can somebody find me some rope? Celeste approached Andres. You need to relax, Andres. Today has been a lot. That doesn't even begin to describe it, really. She grabbed his left hand. I'm fine, Andres pulled his hand away. Andres, we've been worried sick about you. Will you please let us take care of you before we head out of here? Celeste pleaded. There's some twine holding these reams of paper together. Will that work? Shouted Flo. We can make that work. Andres, I know you've got a lot going on in that head of yours right now, but can you drop the knife and give me a hand? Andrew asked. Andres placed the knife on a barrel next to his seat and stood up. He knew he let his anger get the best of him, and he wasn't doing himself any favors that way. He took in a deep breath and exhaled slowly, then proceeded toward Andrew and Demos. Andrew had the twine in hand as Andres stood over them, holding Demos's limp body in place. Andrew strung the twine together into one longer piece and began to wrap it around Demos, binding his arms to his sides. He wished he had more to work with, but he felt all right about it holding him as he knotted it. So what's the plan now? asked Andres. Celeste backed into the chair to sit. 
we're off to the Eye of the Sahara. That was your grandfather's orders. Celeste leaned up against the wall, her elbow knocking the barrel next to her, and Andres's knife dropped to the ground. As she leaned down to pick it up, a terrifying realization came over her. This was the knife with the mahogany handle that she watched plunge into Aelin Suarez. Um, Andres, where did you get Master Kevin's knife? She asked with a tremble. Andres smiled at her. Is that his? I found it when he put me to work. Or maybe he gave it to me for the job. I don't remember. Andres stood up, holding Demos as if he were a cop with a criminal in custody. It's just that this is the same knife that killed your grandfather, Celeste continued. Andrew walked over and took the blade from his niece's hand. Andres, can you tell us a little more about this? Flo stepped closer to Celeste, placing a hand on her shoulder. You couldn't understand. We have to do this to save Adoryelon, but none of you can understand. Andres shouted as he reached toward the corner and grabbed the walking stick that was left by Demos. He grabbed the stick, held Demos and the stick close, and with a draft, he was gone. Celeste began to sob. She had brought so much of this onto her family. The sense of betrayal was overwhelming, but also a sense of wanting to help her friend remained. What is it that they couldn't understand? What was Andres trying to do? Andrew once again placed the knife on the barrel as something across the room caught his eye. On the ground where Demos had fallen remained a small amber stone. He picked it up and held it to the light overhead. This could come in handy, he said as he pocketed the stone. Well, are the three of us ready to head to the Sahara now? Flo asked. Flo, you have your daughter and I have my mission. I think I should drop you gals back in San Francisco and see this through with the guard. Don't you? Andrew suggested. I need to see this through, said Celeste. Both adults turned to look at her as she grabbed Andrew's walking stick. You two can come with me, or I will go and leave you behind. But I need to see this through. I'm going to Maritanian, and I'm going to find Andres. Theme music by Carol Cockrell.